What sort of work goes into coming back safely from a concussion? What's the mood at Melbourne Storm like amidst their second year in a COVID bubble? Just how much of a boost does a 19-game winning streak give you coming into the NRL finals? And what would it mean to the Storm to go back to back? This is Beyond the Lead with Melbourne Storm's Ryan Pappenhausen. There's no doubt that it could be set to get quite a lot better in the coming weeks, but 2021 has already been a pretty successful year for the NRL's Melbourne Storm. Under the guidance of re-signed master coach Craig Bellamy, the club won its fourth minor premiership in six years this campaign and went on a 19-game winning streak that equaled the all-time record set by Jack Gibson's Great Roosters side of 1975. But on a more personal level, it has been a bit more up and down for star fullback Ryan Pappenhausen. A concussion suffered during Magic Round, forcing the Storm Star to miss seven weeks of action as he recovered. However, in a year in which fullbacks such as Tom Trebojevic, James Tedesco, and Latrell Mitchell have been dominating the competition, Pappenhausen has found form at just the right time for his side scoring three tries in the win over Cronulla that secured the Storm the Minor Premiership and crossing the try line twice as his side convincingly booked a place in the preliminary finals in the opening week of the playoffs. Now, the man that was awarded the Clive Churchill Medal as best of field in the 2020 NRL Grand Final is looking to guide his side to the Herculean accomplishment of back-to-back premierships feat which would be all the more remarkable given that it would have come with the side in a bubble that has restricted them to just seven games in Melbourne across the past two seasons. But first, ESPN's Lucy Bertoldo asked Pappenhausen if there had been a shift in mentality in his club that occurred during the transition from the regular season to finals footy. Uh, A little bit, that sort of... um... You sort of don't want to change your game too much, but I think just um, awareness around how finals and the intensity and um, how you sort of have to be up for a bit longer than a regular season game. So I think just understanding that um, and then getting everyone in the squad to sort of buy into that as well, knowing that uh, it is going to be a lot tougher than your regular season games, but at the same time, you don't want to change too much of um, what you've been doing throughout the year. And obviously, you know, you guys had that that massive winning streak. It's hard to <laughs> talk to you guys without talking about it. But with that winning streak, how does that give you guys confidence? Like, I guess my question is, how does that kind of set you guys up going into into this period? Oh, yeah, it does massively. I think um, although you sort of got – we've also got plenty of finals experience in the side. So um, we sort of buy into that part. And you look back and you think – with that win streak, you, you had to play good footy to sort of win those games. So um, it does play a massive part in our confidence. But I think the also, the other part to it is um, just the fact that we've got lots of finals experience. Um, we've got a few big game players in our side. So um, although we're able to do it in the regular season, like we should have confidence that we'll be able to do it in the finals too. What was the challenge of, you know, maintaining that streak? Like particularly towards the end, like... You know, obviously, you can't, the team becomes the hunted and, 
what what was kind of needed from the group to to stay on top for that long period? Um, yeah, it was, it's just you pretty much just have to keep focused the whole time. I think that was probably the the one that uh, it's not hard to do, but um, you sort of when finals are getting a bit closer, you sort of you sort of start to think what's the what more do you need to do? You know, you're obviously going to be hunted. Um, you talked a lot. There's a lot more pressure from the media. There's a lot more pressure in that regard. So um, you just got to sort of switch back to simple things and um, what was working at the start. And uh, I think that was sort of a big thing that after we had that loss after the streak, we just sort of went back and sort of reviewed those 19 games and said, where did we potentially go wrong? Um, what can we do now going forward? Um, and especially going into finals, what lessons have we learned? So, um Although it was sort of good being on a streak, it was sort of good to have that loss as well and just reset. And I think that's what it sort of did throughout the group was reset and you could sort of see people just focus that little bit harder going into the, the back end now. And I think something that people haven't really talked about much is that, you know, it's, it's something that Smith, Slater and Crunk kind of didn't do, get to actually do at record. You know, it, what do you think? Is it the group or mentality or is it the changes in the game or a combination of that that kind of saw it come to fruition? Yeah, I think it's a bit of like, – I think the changes in the game definitely contributed. Um, it's a lot faster and um, we sort of spoke about once you've got momentum, you've got to hold on to it for as long as you can. And um, we're just lucky that we've got a very talented and skillful side that when you have momentum, um, if everyone sort of – hangs in there and, and does their does their part, then um, we'll be able to score points. And I think that's why it sort of was so successful because um, everyone sort of knew what point we had to get to. And when we got to that point, um, everyone had a pretty clear plan of, of their role. And, um, yeah, we were just able to execute that. So I think that was just a big part in um, the change of the game suiting us. But um, in saying that as well, um, everyone had a clear role in that. Mm. And um, obviously, you guys got minor premiership and got, had the record. Is how much is kind of riding on getting the title? Like it's kind of the last box to kind of be ticked for the season, so to speak. Yeah, that's it's a weird one. I sort of got asked this after the game um, against the Sharks. What what it sort of feels like? It doesn't. It sort of just feels like there's a job to do still. To be honest, um, I remember sort of the minor premiership in twenty. I think it was twenty. 19 I think um and it was the same thing like I thought it was nice to be spoken about as being the te best team in the regular season there's still that little part that you you want to go all the way and I think um it's sort of good that I was able to experience going all the way last year because um you sort of know what's required now and um although it's great to be named minor premiers you've still got this little thing to chase and um, yeah, I think everyone in the squad, especially some of the boys that missed out last year and, and some of the guys who are moving on at the end of the year. Um, yeah, it wasn't – it's it's obviously nice and, and good for the club and, and probably good for the coaches' uh, bonuses. But um, <laughs> at the end of the day, like the, the end goal is to win the premiership and no one's really satisfied unless they do that. Kind of speak of last year, like, you know, you guys won that title after a pretty horrid year away from away from Melbourne in the bubble and now you're – guys are back in the bubble I guess what's it like being in that hub for a second time around yeah we if we sort of learned a lot from last year and um try to do a few things similar but at the same time it's probably been um equally as hard um although we have experienced it once before um I think just sort of the ups and downs of this year and 
there's probably been a bit more uncertainty this year, whereas last year it was, yep, you're up there and um, that's just the way it is, where this year it's been, can some of the guys' families come up? Can some of the guys' families, they have to stay home? Um, are we going back to Melbourne? Are we staying in Queensland? Are we moving to Darwin? Um, so it's just sort of been all of those. Um, so I guess speed bumps we sort of had to overcome, but um, we're just lucky we've got a good group and um, pretty resilient group. So um, although we learned a lot last year, it's it's still been quite different in its own regard. Yes, it's been good for you that uh, that Super Netball was um, also brought up to Queensland. Yeah, yeah, that's another reason I'm lucky, I guess. Like, yeah, Kelsey's able to sort of finish her season and then join our bubble. So, um, yeah, she's been a big help since she's been up here. But, yeah, it was pretty lucky. And um, on, on some, some bit different, but with, you know, your, your sponsorships and things like that, um, how do you kind of, you know, meet all those obligations, you know, in a bubble? I know for, for Tissot you did that, um, you did the photo shoot up in Queensland. So how do you kind of like, um, you know, um, fill those obligations? Yeah, it's been a bit different this year and um, it's really all, all I've known since I've started doing this stuff um, the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of mask wearing, uh, a lot of social distancing, but, uh, at the same time, I think these sort of opportunities, um, the ones you want to do are easy to do. And I think that's just, that's the case with Tissot. Um, really friendly staff. Um, yeah, really easy jobs to do. And it's, yeah, it sort of doesn't feel like a, a task to do it. So, um, yeah, we, we sort of went down to Sunshine Beach and, and shot for a few hours, just some clips. Um, but, yeah, like it was in that same day, I got to see the sunrise, got to see a whale jump out from the ocean, got to see an eagle attack a bird out of the sky. So <laughs> it was a pretty eventful day. But um, I just think, yeah, with those sort of opportunities, it's not too hard to get up and about. Um, but, yeah, it has its challenges. But you, I guess you got to just be grateful for it. And um, Yeah, we got it done. And I got to meet a few people, got a few dinner recommendations for Noosa as well. So, um yeah, although there's all that social distancing and, and you have to sort of go by the protocols, it, it was still pretty easy and, um, yeah, really cool to do. Yes, the other side of things, it's easy to have social media to kind of be able to still post those, like, images and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and that's sort of, it's sort of great that those, like, Tissot um, are still able to reach out and, and want to collaborate. Um, I'm sure it'd be hard on their behalf as well. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm sort of just happy that they've reached out and then seen me as someone that, can really help out their brand and, and I'm just happy I can be a part of that movement as well. So, um, yeah, social media has been massive and I think it's sort of helped out with getting through these tough times, I think. Mm, I guess, and, and just moving on, like, um, what was it like kind of trying to re recover from that head injury in the environment up there in, in the hub? Yeah, it's been pretty, uh, it's been nice conditions up here, but uh, I'm sort of not playing, I guess, after a few weeks, um, the novelty of sort of just not doing anything uh, wore off and um, it was pretty tough, I guess. But, um, yeah, sort of being up here and being at a club that looks after you, I think, really helped you out. And um, obviously having Kels up here too, um, just to, to chat with and um, just reset. And if I was thinking about footy too much, you'd just sort of flick the switch and um, we'd just do something else. And, um, yeah, that was sort of good to be up here and, and do that because, yeah, it wasn't an easy period, but um, yeah, those those sort of things got me through it. I guess you were out for quite a while. Can you just talk me through that through that process? Um, you know, from 
when it kind of first happened and what sort of things that you needed to do to, you know, to get healthy again before you could, um, you know, start taking the field or get back to full contact training? Yeah, so it's pretty, it's a pretty um, long process if you don't get over the first hurdle. So um, it was pretty much, you can't really start doing anything until you're symptom free. And um, I wasn't symptom free for probably five or six weeks. Um, so usually a few people, well, you would have heard a few this year that they're probably over those symptoms in a day or two. So um, yeah, it sort of took me a little bit. And, and after that while, it was sort of just about um, doing really simple training, really light training, um, just sort of rolling my legs over on the spin bike or going for a walk. Um, and once I could do that, then you'd sort of progress to the next level, um, which was sort of stepping the intensity up. And um, we were went to see um, one of the professors at the university who was studying uh, whiplash and concussion at the time. Um, and they sort of just gave us a bit of a plan going forward in terms of training and, and working your heart rate up to a certain amount. Um, and then if you started getting headaches or you started feeling bad, you'd sort of drop it right off. Um, so there was a lot of that, um, a lot of sort of figuring out the threshold of where I could work to. Um, and then it sort of probably, probably took eight weeks until I was back into sort of full training and, um, yeah, probably another further three weeks of playing to sort of build that confidence up again. So, um, it's a pretty lengthy process, but it's, um, I guess it's good that they have it in place. So, um, yeah, they can really look after it because it's something you don't really want to mess around with. What were the main challenges for you for you personally going through that? Um, probably just the feeling of of having symptoms, I think. Um, it'd sort of be frustrating. You'd, you'd go to bed hoping that you'd wake up in the morning um, with nothing and you'd sort of open your eyes in the morning and um, feel okay. And then as soon as you lifted your head off your pillow, um, you'd just bang, you'd be straight back to symptoms and you just know that that's another day that you're probably not going to progress so um i think after doing that for 40 50 odd days um that sort of got to me and um that was probably the hardest part of it was just waking up going today i'm not progressing um when am i going to progress am i ever going to progress so um yeah, that was probably the toughest part of it was there did you have much apprehension you know going back to when you started going back to full contact or before you you know had your first run on field uh, not really. I think because it had been so long and, um, I sort of done a fair bit of work. Um, I just sort of had to go into training with that mindset of, I got to train like I'm going to play. And, uh, I think that sort of helped me during the week. And, uh, it was obviously a bit rusty in the first few games, but, um, I was able to sort of work on what I needed to at training. And, um, after a few weeks of doing that, then, um, yeah, I was, I was pretty sweet to come back and play, but, um, now at the start, I was probably just excited, but, um, yeah, just had been a while between games, so um, probably showed. I guess uh, I know the first few games, obviously you eased yourself back into it, you know, coming off the bench and things like that at first. But, um, you know, what did it take for you to get back to, you know, back to new your best? I know your, your last game, you know, I was probably a big turning point for you heading in, into finals against Cronulla. Um, how does that kind of give you, a, you know, a boost, whether it's morale or confidence heading into into finals? Yeah, I think um, just pulling it back to really simple things and um, as much as I thought I was doing that the first few weeks I came back, there was probably still a little bit of um, game plan that I was that was sort of stuck in my head, but um, I just sort of had to strip it back and, and let other guys uh, sort of talk about the game plan and, and 
really digest in that regard. But I just had to think about um, when I did have the ball, what was I going to do? Really simple things. And, and when I didn't have the ball, where I was telling people to go. And um, that's just my job as a fullback. So um, as much as you get caught up sometimes and you probably think towards the finals as well that you have to be, you have to have a few more things on your mind. Um, it was, yeah, it was just stripping it back and, and making it really simple and um, just trusting that all the training I've done is going to contribute to a good performance. And, um, yeah, I was just lucky that I was able to do that. I guess while you were out, you know, Nico Hines obviously had a had a big rise in that role. Um, I guess how have you kind of seen his season progress and, you know, were you um, talking to him throughout that period as well? Yeah, he's had a he's had a crazy year. Um, obviously, signed a contract as well, and um, yeah, started a lot of games. And I think he was leading try assists at one point there throughout the year. So um, that's something we sort of pride ourselves on at the Storm. To be honest, it's it's having a bit of depth, and um, you sort of just like seeing people being successful. And I think it's the case with a lot of our debutants as well. We've had this year. Um, Whenever they get announced, the whole squad sort of jumps up around, really excited, and that's just the feeling. And I think that's what you get sort of being in a hub for two years. And um, yeah, it's it's good to see. And I'm just happy like his his performance has contributed to us being at this point this year and being minor premiers. So um, yeah, at the end of the day, you, you just got to be happy that that's that's part of it. And he's put us in a good position now. And um, yeah, hopefully, we can get some good games together uh, going into finals. With that culture, I know you, you signed on for, you know, a, a longer-term deal. It was that, you know, what was kind of behind that? Was it that that culture? Was it, you know, working with Craig? And obviously he did, did signed on for as well for another few years. Is, does that kind of all come together for, for the reason why, you know, you wanted to stay? Yeah, oh, massive part. Craig's a, Craig was a big part in the decision, but um, also to the culture of the club, I think it's, um, there's been so much work put into it and um, 20 years now of, of people working hard and, and at the end of the day, they just want their performances to um, to make proud of the guys who went before us. So um, to have that at a club and to be a part of that um, was a big decision on why I signed on. And um, they've sort of made me the player I am today as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of help, obviously, from the coaches and, and Billy Slater. And um, they've sort of made me who I am and... I was just thinking about um, where I want to go and the player I still want to be. So um, I thought that this is the perfect environment to do it at. And um, yeah, that's why I signed on. Is Billy someone who's been kind of being in constant kind of contact with you and, and mentoring you, you know, as the fullback of the, of the storm? Yeah. Well, ever since I really signed on the club, he, he was the first person to call me and um, welcome me at the club and, um, to sort of have that through to now where he still sends me videos after every week um, of clips, things I could work on, things that might work this week. Um, so to just have that um, so consistently throughout my four years I've been at the club, um, yeah, it's just it's been a massive help and um, I'm sure he'll sort of be by my side for, for the rest of the, the contract and, um, yeah, he'll always be helping out. So that's really handy to have. I guess looking looking forward, you know, you know you've got, the contract of the storm and things like that is um is origin i guess kind of the next thing on your horizon and you know how you kind of fit into a team that has like i think five fullbacks or something yeah. at the moment yeah oh it's it, it'd be nice um it would be nice but yeah i don't know i'm just really focused on here at the storm to be honest i um i think sort of winning that premiership last year and having that feeling um and just wanted to relive that that's sort of why I haven't thought too much about Origin or anything like that. Um, 
just because it is such a special moment and and you do work um, 12 weeks of pre-season at the start of the year um, to win a premiership. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really given much thought about origin or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, it's at, at the moment, it's just about focusing on Storm. I guess what would it mean to you to go back-to-back? Oh, it'd be huge. It's so, it'd be so hard to do. And I think there's only been two sides um, really in the history to do it. So, um, obviously, the Roosters a few years ago and then the, the Mighty Broncos side um, – I think it was back in the 80s. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very rare and, and very hard to do. And, and we can see why it's hard to do. But um, I think we sort of learnt lessons from uh, 2017 when we won it, um, going into 2018 when we lost it. So um, it's just looking back on those experiences, seeing where uh, we possibly went wrong, uh, what we can do. But um, as a playing group, it's just about yeah being real simple, real clear with your roles and um, yeah, going into the game and trusting it. Mm, my, one of my last questions is next year, hopefully things will be somewhat back back to normal. We'll be, we'll be good to be able to finally go and actually play in Melbourne with fans, especially if you know you can, if you bring a premiership back down. Oh, <laughs> I feel sorry for our Melbourne fans. I think we had three false homecomings. So, um, yeah, the next game we get to play at Amy Park is going to be huge, I think. And, um, in a year that we sort of broke the membership record as well, um, it would have just been so special to play at home. But, yeah, we just have to push it back to next year now and um, yeah, hopefully bring success to them um, so they can watch it. And, yeah, it's, it's they do it better than any others than Melbourne fans. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to get back home. I guess COVID aside, um, have you have been able to head back to, you know, Kellyville and Rouse Hill uh, much to, you know, see the juniors around there? Oh, I haven't really been able to, obviously, um, this year. I got there at the end of last year. Um, but, yeah, I haven't been able to go watch too much footy this year. And, uh, unfortunately, some of my mates were playing. Um, they were playing actually some good footy back home, but their season got cancelled. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, we can see them sort of play again soon and I can go back and watch a few games because, yeah, it's good fun going to do that, just going back to see the grassroots and sort of where you grew up and, and who's playing there now and, and who's the talk of the town? Um, yeah, sort of miss miss going to do that. So yeah, hopefully we can get back there sometime soon and do it. Awesome. Well, uh, that's all my questions. Is there anything else you'd you like to add, Ryan? Um, no, I think just more um, just the sort of excitement around being partnered with Tissa. I mean, it's such a big brand. So um, yeah, and I I don't know if I've spoken to anyone back there at the moment, but just about um, how welcoming they are and how easy their sort of shoots are to do. So. Um, yeah, it's great fun and it's obviously a privilege to be named alongside Tissa. Awesome. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. After a bit of toing and froing over the kickoff time and a potential clash with the AFL Grand Final, Pappenhausen and his Storm teammates will kick off their preliminary final on Saturday afternoon, freeing Melbourne fans their headache of choosing between that game and an all-Melbourne AFL Grand Final. On paper, the Storm are red-hot favourites to go back-to-back in the NRL this season, but games, especially those of the finals variety, are never played on paper. But beyond all that, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to another edition of ESPN's Beyond the Lead, this time for a chat between ESPN's Lucy Bertoldo and Melbourne Storm's Ryan Pappenhausen. You can recap this chat any other episode of Beyond the Lead or any of ESPN's other podcast offerings from here in Australia or around the world 
wherever you happen to get your podcasting goodness from. If you're liking what you hear from Beyond the Lead, please be sure to subscribe, give a famous five-star review, and help spread that word. Thanks for tuning in today, tomorrow, or whenever you happen to be catching this. And don't fret, because I'll be joining you for another deep dive into sports as ESPN takes you a Beyond the Lead very soon.